0: What's up guys and welcome to another episode of the Life Uncaged podcast. I'm your host Emma Zia and I'm sitting here with the incredible Lewis Huckstep. So welcome to the show.
1: I'm very, very excited. Good to see you again and uh, yeah, looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, likewise. So we must have connected, what, a couple of years ago? Was it a couple of years ago?
1: You uh, I think we came across each other's socials a couple of years ago. I think I reached out maybe and connected, but I think we connected... Time flies when we went for, when we caught up, went for a walk around the, around the park. So yeah, maybe a year plus It just flies, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. It's so wild, isn't it? And I think like as well, because of everything that happened, like in the last few years, I feel like the time has just completely warped. Yeah um but obviously we've been connected for a while and I feel like when we connected that the chats we had were like super deep and a lot of what we spoke about was on relationships so I'm super excited to dive into that a little bit more so for those of you listening Lewis is a mindset coach that helps people discover their purpose and remove mental and emotional blocks to create a life on their own terms and he's also a dog dad <laughs>
1: to add that in there
0: i know i love that have you got two you've got the two uh, sausage dogs
1: we have a cat now so uh my I my, my beautiful partner she's uh she was selling me for a long time and i i finally said yes but he's actually a rock star so i'm actually pumped so one sausage dog one cat
0: oh wow so you've got a bit of a zoo yeah. accumulating <laughs> i love that i love that so with the work that you do why do you do it why do you help people remove their emotional or mental blocks
1: I guess um to uh just for people listening i normally segue and then come back to it so i i guess part, part of the stuff that i always teach and help my clients with is understanding who we are and how our voids and pains create the things that are meaningful to us so the things that we generally become the people that we needed when we were at our lowest point or when we were going through our darkest moments so for me, a lot of my pain came around my emotional state, my consci- my level of consciousness or lack thereof, mm-hmm. uh, lack of leadership, lack of direction, lack of purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I'm sure um, people listening, to them, you show yourself, Emma, as well, when you kind of get into the self-development journey or you start to have like those light bulbs, like, holy shit, like, mm-hmm. where has this been? Like, I remember my first Tony Robbins YouTube video, I watched and I was just like, wow, this is insane. This is what I've been looking for. This is it's like I because yeah. So I guess the, the short version of it is I had a lot of pain around my levels of emotional intelligence because I had emotionally volatile parents, lack of consciousness, uh depression, suicide, anxiety, a lot of pain through my family, direct family. And it just was so painful for me that it's driven me to go down this pathway to work obviously on myself first and go through my own journey. And then the the joys and pleasure and fulfillment of giving it back to others, just, just that success cycle and momentum. You just help more, you feel more, you give more and you just keep going. So it definitely started as, a, I guess, my own journey and my own exploration and my own inner work. And uh, I guess one of my gifts is, is a coach and I love connecting. I love connecting and helping and transforming and guiding people through their journey. So I guess- yeah, my experience plus my joys and passion of being a coach has led me to here.
0: Mm, amazing. And this is what I love about the coaching space is as you're working with people, you're also doing the mirror work for you, right? That's what I think is so beautiful about like those, you know, coaching or mentorship dynamics is there's always a growth and a lesson for both sides. It's not just, oh, I'm teaching you something. It's we're in this journey together and we're growing together. So I love that. Um, what is depression to you? How would you define depression?
1: my most uh, triggered topic <laughs> that I post. Um, look, I mean no disrespect to anyone listening. And I, I say this from a place of love and a place of care and a place of wanting to help because I've been there too. I've had suicidal tendencies. I, I got a phone call on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night that my brother had left a death note and he had gone to take his own life. So I've very much been through the experience of mental health. So um, look, for And something, a side note, which might circle back to if something triggers you, there's something in you that you haven't healed through. So if anything I say triggers you, just put that to the side and just earmark that for later because I'm actually bringing some wounds to the surface for you to do some healing work. So just think about that before I start speaking. But for me, depression is feedback that you're not being truly aligned with who you truly are because, and there's so many examples I could go off this, but I've never met anyone who's depressed not a single person. Show me a baby born, and th- there will be a mutation out there when one in 10 billion people are. Yes, I understand that, but I've never met anyone who's born with depression. So between when you're born to some stage where a doctor's given you a diagnostics and given you a label, something's happened or something hasn't happened to l- lead you there. So I was I made a video about this the other day, actually, and it got a lot of hate, hate comments on it, but mm-hmm. uh, if you look at the opposite of depression, just from the word, you've got Hot is cold, left is right, up is down. The opposite for me, depression is expression because you're depressing who you are, suppressing who you are. So if you're suppressing your authentic self by being someone else, wearing a mask, having a persona on, putting everyone else's needs ahead of your own, you feeling shit is feedback to help you stop doing that. So if you just look at when I'm experiencing low self-worth, depression, sadness, whatever it may be. It's feedback from the universe or God or whatever your spiritual beliefs are. It's feedback to help you become more authentic. If you value, um, I know health's important to you, Emma. It's like, if you don't look after your health for some period, you're probably going to feel a bit shit about yourself, a little bit lost, not as authentic, not as happy. I know coaching's obviously huge for you, being what you do. If you weren't coaching people or living as a coach and doing what you love, you would just feel shit because... It's the feedback the universe has given you to help you be who you were made to be. So that's the first one. So that's the generalization I have of it is you're not, it's feedback to help you be more authentic or your most authentic self. Because again, I've never met an authentic human being, baby born with depression. So we become it, you do it. But the formula I have for depression to go a little bit deeper is number one, live in alignment with your values, which is how you become authentic know who you are and live to it. Secondly, look after your health. If you eat shit, if you train shit, your body, mind connection, it's going to make you feel pretty bad. Number three, healed through past trauma because you might have a trauma or wound and your traumatic reaction when that is triggered is to be depressed. So there's a there's a crazy story. It was on YouTube when I was down the rabbit hole at Tony Robbins. And there was, a, there was a young girl and her mom and dad kept fighting, kept abusive, et cetera. And she started to cut herself like self-harm and get depressed, etc. And she kept doing it for a long period of time, well after they that uh, for a long time afterwards. And then they they gave back and realized that when she started doing it, it stopped mum and dad from fighting. Mm-hmm. So that trauma has become her reaction. So when she sees conflict and sees fighting, it triggers that wound from earlier on for her to be depressed. So there might be trauma to be healed through, which is a whole can of worms in itself. And number four, obviously hang around the right people, hang around the right environment. You pick up people's energy. If you're hanging around really beautiful, genuine, authentic people, you're going to become like that. So those are the four, I guess, steps I I guide people through, but yeah, that's my, that's my views on depression. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I think we've got a very similar view on it. I remember the first podcast episode I ever did. I got asked that question and I said, depression is suppression. It's very similar to what you said. And I think The way that I look at it, obviously there's so many layers to this, but I think humans are actually very simple in terms of what we want and need. And sometimes we massively overcomplicate it because we live in, you know, a culture where there's so many moving parts and, you know, we're always trying to figure things out with our mind. But when you look at it very simply, I believe that humans are driven by meaning and connection. And if you're in that low, you know, emotional or mental state, I would look at those two areas first where do you feel you're lacking meaning and meaning and purpose are used interchangeably and where are you lacking connection you know and obviously connection you know in a world of eight billion people connection isn't a lack of people uh, sorry loneliness isn't a lack of people It's, it's a lack of connection it's a lack of actually allowing yourself to be seen felt and understood by your own you know psyche and also to allow other people to see that so I think that's one thing like for anyone listening, if you are in in that kind of negative low place, really look at those areas of, okay, where can I start to find that meaning for my life and find connection in my life? And even if it's just taking one tiny step, you know, calling someone and connecting with them, letting them know what's going on, or whether that's like getting more out into social events, or, you know, whether it's just meaning through going for a walk in nature and or listening to a podcast or, you know, finding something that actually truly does light you up because there's always something there. And I think just having that understanding can really start to to really, um, I was going to say pull you out of that state, but I think that's also very detrimental because you don't want to have the mentality of, oh, I need to be pulled out of this. It's accepting where you are, looking at it for what it is, and also acknowledging that, you know, connection and meaning, where do I feel that's lacking and how can I start to integrate that into my life?
1: Beautifully said. I absolutely agree to that as well.
0: Mm, amazing so that being said what would you say a purpose is and what would you say to people that feel like they are lacking that purpose and meaning how can they start to connect with that
1: I think um I guess what is a purpose I I'm I'm a very black and white analytical guy so I do definitely swing into the emotional aspect as well but for me a purpose is a function I actually picked this up from you from one of our conversations it might have been when you were on our on my podcast yeah and i believe human the humanity's purpose is to evolve and I, I i actually picked that up from you yeah and then we all play our part within that greater purpose so what's your purpose to help humanity evolve and you can nail it down to a function okay well what does that look like what do you do what's the northern star it's immeasurable you can't measure what what a purpose is Uh, it ties in similar to the values i use values in a lot of things of the work that i do but for me whatever your biggest void in is in life that's where your biggest amount of juice and purpose comes from this is where i turn pain into purpose turn wounds into wisdom it's so the question the process i go through is we get clear on your values first and then what is your highest value from that determination process we go through? Like for me, for example, mine's coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, where was that the biggest pain for me in my upbringing? My lack of role model through my dad, the abuse or I guess mental and emotional instability there mm-hmm. and lacking mentorship, lacking guide, lacking a coach.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that big void, the biggest void I have, if you inverse that and express it, that's for me, how you find your purpose. Now, do we have multiple purposes? Of course we do. I have a purpose of being a great partner for my partner to looking after my health to being a role model for my kids for X, Y, Z. We have many purposes, but what's the Northern star? What's the big greater one that really gets you out of bed and really fires you up and really sets your soul on fire. So it's finding what was the biggest for you. So the process I take my clients through, and I'd recommend any listener to do this is think about, it's hard to do it without doing the whole process, but. Think of the areas that are most important to you, might be family, might be relationship, might be coaching, might be reading, might be traveling, et cetera. And then try isolate what that area of life is. And without going all into values, values are not honesty, loyalty, respect, et cetera. Those are human characteristics and human traits. It's things in your life that you prioritize. People say I value honesty. I say, when's the last time you lied? And they laugh because everyone lies. Because so it's like, well, what areas of your life do you prioritize? Do you prioritize, do you think about, do you talk about, do you spend money on, et cetera? I literally came upstairs from doing mine. So these are fresh in my mind. Uh-huh. So uh, I do it every three months. I recommend every three months. And then, so what I cite the highest one and say, okay, well, where was that? Where was the biggest void in your upbringing or life in that area? And not just say generally, I actually get my clients to write down an experience they went through. Because when I feel and think about the pain I went through, I'm not saying go live in your trauma, go live in your past. It's once you've transcended it, when you've healed it, when you dissolved it, which we spoke about on the last podcast we did, and heal through it, it gives you fucking drive. It gives you that energy. When I think about the pain I went through as that very emotional, unstable, unconfident young boy, I'm willing to run through fucking walls. I don't need a fucking coffee to get up. And it's that's where. I love trauma and it's a big topic I, I love working in because once you've dissolved it and healed through it, it actually gives you strength, but until it's healed, it triggers you. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's finding your biggest void, biggest pain, and not just find it, actually go into it a little bit where, give me Write down the example. You said image, image might be high, highest value for you. Where was the biggest pain you had around your image? Did your dad say something? Did your mom say something? Did your ex-boyfriend say something? And how did that make you feel? What brought that up for you? Then using that to transcend that and transmute that into fucking energy to take action, you're unstoppable. You got more fuel than you know what to do with. And then you commercialize that. How do you get paid? How do you how do you do what you love and get beautifully paid to do it? You commercialize your purpose. Find Mm -hmm. your purpose, build a model, a life where you get to do it every single day. Ideally get paid to do it as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what purpose is to me.
0: Okay. Awesome. I'm curious to know, when you were talking about values, are you saying that values is more what you do? Life like a- for, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so would you say your purpose is directly correlated with your work and your career?
1: Mine personally is. So my highest value is coaching, which comes from the lack of mentorship, lack of guide, lack of coach, lack of role model that I had in my life. And an expression of that is coaching and helping people, which is then correlates to my business and what I do. Like my my partner's um, purpose is to be the mother that she wants to be for her kids because she had a bit of pain, a lot of pain around her family dynamic and her family structure. So that's her purpose is to be the mother that she wanted to be, to be the nurturer, to be the carer. Can you commercialize that? You can. You could do vlogs. You could do you could you could, you could make a program around that, you, and you could sell anything these days. But um, <laughs> True. but it's like okay well what does that mother look like and then build a life based on that so it doesn't always have to be what you're commercializing uh it's like Kerwin that I think uh mutual connection that we have
0: mm-hmm. uh, I
1: believe from memory when he shared his it was like to be a dad that was his purpose to be the dad that he didn't have and but what does that dad look like does he is he sound with his finances does he have his business in check does he look after his health Does he look after his mental and emotional state? So it doesn't necessarily have to be. So there's a business purpose and there's a personal purpose. I love the uh, line. I got this off Jack Delosa. When what you do is the fullest expression of who you are, you will do your life's best work. So if you can commercialize and do your purpose for a living, fantastic. That's really good. It's not always the case though. How Mm -hmm. do you be a mum as a career? Again, you could somehow do that if you wanted to, but it might just, you want to show up as the woman that you want to be. Mm. and look after your health look after your finances look after your self-care be present with your kids and that lights your soul on fire because that's your purpose beautiful then what do you want to do or what do you need to do to get to the point where you can do that whether mm. you, uh, you're your, your other half they take care of the finances you can do that maybe you build up a business that runs without you you work and then you don't have to worry too much about it so
0: mm. yeah not
1: always the case there's a business purpose where what's the purpose of the business and then there's your personal purpose and depending who it is, like probably with you and me, where our coaching is, our, is what we love, and that is our business we're building. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm making assumptions here because I actually don't know what yours is, but um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use me as an example. My mm-hmm. highest one is coaching and I'm building a coaching business. My previous business, the gyms, that was not my purpose. It was a vehicle to help me do things, help people learn, grow, evolve, but it wasn't my true calling. It wasn't my North Star. So yeah, I don't know if I answered that, but there's... Business purpose, personal purpose. Your personal one isn't always the business one, no. but sometimes it is, and that's generally your coaches, your teachers, your healers, your your people where you're the technician, like artist, like mm-hmm. people are artists, and they're so anyone that runs a business and they're the technician within the business, generally their personal purpose is the business, but you look at like say um, I, I love Alex Mosey. I'm not sure if you follow him, like he runs my, many different businesses. And is he loves business. That's what he loves. So it's not like he loves being a personal trainer, then he builds a personal training business, which he did at the start. But yeah, long, long, long story short.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love hearing your perspective on it. I feel like I see it slightly differently. And I think this is what I said to you when, I think they must've said it because I was on your show so long ago, I can't remember. But I remember us speaking about purpose. And like you mentioned before, I believe that all of our collective purpose is the same, which is to contribute to the evolution of humanity. But how we individually choose to do that, I feel is really down to each and every one of us being committed to being our fullest expression. So I think it's very much an expression piece. And I think prosperity and wealth is very much a mirror for the bravery and the courage that we have to be our fullest expression. And to go a little bit deeper, I think the key to unlocking that is intimacy, Mm. right? It's continually being intimate with our desires. It's being intimate with our shadows. It's being intimate with our thought patterns it's being intimate in our relationships it's being intimate with life like it's just always that key for me that invites me into that deeper self-expression which is really really beautiful and, and messy and but very powerful simultaneously But the way that I see it is that your purpose is more about who you are than it is what you do. But what you do can be an extension of your purpose. Like it can be an expression. So like you kind of define it as in like your business purpose and then your personal purpose. The way that I almost like to see it is it's just one purpose. But then how you choose to express that like umbrella purpose in the individual areas of your life is where you get to play with that. You get to play with your potential. And I don't necessarily think that your career or your work has to be an extension of your purpose because it's who you are so it it's how you relate to people it's how you relate to yourself it's how you interact with life it's how you choose to be every day it's it's how you um are continually like refining your mindset it's how you you know like the love like how your heart chooses to like bear itself to the world i believe that that's your purpose and it's just that a lot of us you know channel that purpose through being in this space and you know the self-help industries and everything like that but i also think that there's a lot of pressure that people feel especially young people and i've noticed that that there is such a rush to find your purpose because it's almost like i think culturally there's this condition that if you feel like you've found your purpose then you can make money from it And so what I like to do is almost take the pressure off by saying, well, your purpose doesn't have to be your career. And I also think if you look back, like in your personal career, Lewis, like you'll probably see what I call access points. So maybe, you know, owning the gym wasn't your purpose, such as in like how you're doing it now, but the tool was still like, it was a different tool, but the purpose was the same. Like, if you think about a gym environment, a gym environment is literally a hub of personal growth. And community and connection and expanding and stretching your potential and seeing what you're capable of. And I feel like I can really see that transferring into what you do now. It's just a different tool. It's like with me, I used to run um, a dance company called Commercial Fierce when I was back in the UK. And I remember that I remember thinking just that studio space for me was just the tool to help women feel confident being their fullest expression Absolutely, to be messy and wild and untamed. And it's like, I still do that with people. Now it's all about self expression for me. It's just the tool that I use is different. So that's one thing I would say to any listeners that might feel a bit of pressure of like, when am I going to find my purpose? Like when am I going to find that thing that I can monetize? And it's like, start to bring curiosity and awareness to where you might already be living that. And that's actually given clues to what your, you know, your big umbrella purpose is. And it's just a case of looking at what was the energy behind what I was doing or who I was being and how did that impact the people around me? And that mm. I think is where your purpose lies, not necessarily in the doing, but that is an access point into the being, which mm. is what you're here to, you know?
1: Yeah. I, th- I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. I think there's a lot of, uh, it's so it's so funny because you'll find other people's definitions and other people's views of it. I saw this funny video. Like someone's like, it was like on purpose. And I was obviously, oh, what's his view on it? He's like, don't, um, don't worry about a fucking purpose. Just stop thinking about it and just live life. I'm like, ah, there's truth to that too. And yeah. it's like, so I, I really resonate with the expression part. Like I was saying, when what you do is the fullest expression of who you are, you'll do your life's best work. But it's not necessarily okay. I've got to sit down with pen and paper and figure this shit out. It's follow your curiosity. There was a line that really helped me with this is whenever you get tears of inspiration, you're seeing a glimpse of your vision and you're seeing a glimpse of your purpose. So that has really helped me. It will happen very few and far between. But when you get teary eyes of inspiration, not like I'm sad or I'm upset, it's like I just feel so, and you can't really put words to it, I feel inspired. And when you can find those moments and then center in on what specifically here is happening right now, that's bringing this emotion up in me and you'll find a trait or a trend or an action or something in there, that really hits home for you. There was a funny example of this for me. I was watching Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the US one is way better than the Aussie one. And <laughs> yeah, I was watching it. Um, there was this young guy and he's, um, he's like literally 16 years old, has like a clothing brand. And they're doing like three, four million bucks a year. I'm like, holy shit, this kid's crushing it. Mm-hmm. And this um, Mark Cuban's on there. And he just like, they're doing well. They're looking to get a deal. And he just said like, firstly you're doing amazing. You're crushing it. You're doing this. And he was just giving this all this encouragement, coaching and mentorship. And I just started crying a little bit. And George is like, my partner, she's like, are you okay? What's going on? I'm like, I just, I'm so inspired right now. And she's like, oh, what is it that's getting you? I'm like, it's Mark being a mentor. It's Mark being a coach. I'm like, that's where it is. Okay. Where's that lacking from me in the past? So again, that's my sort of, that's my way of viewing it and how I take it is find you follow your curiosity follow what you're pulled towards follow what you're drawn towards don't use it as an excuse to not take action well i think what you're alluding to before like oh i gotta wait till i find it till i do something fuck no get started i like kerwin's example the baskin robbins ice cream it's like you don't try one flavor and say that's your favorite flavor you keep trying it, keep doing it keep testing keep doing things until you're like yeah i f-
0: sorry to interject, but that's what people are too afraid to do. This is actually a really good thing that we brought this up. I think, especially like those who are wanting to start the entrepreneurial journey, or maybe you've started and you're a bit like, Oh, I'm unsure about this. Like it is all about being okay. Like dipping your toe into so many different things and seeing what works. And I think that's something I don't know about in your experience, but with me, like when you're a high achiever, you want to get it right, and you want to do it well, and so it's kind of getting used to the fact you're probably going to fall flat on your face many times, but as long as you're falling forward, that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, beautiful. I love the falling forward part. So yeah, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna you're gonna screw it up. Just go, just go, uh, just try it. Just do. Fail. Like give yourself the give yourself two, three. Give yourself ten years if you need to. To just give yourself permission to try things whatever you I I would start so you don't just go try the most random thing on the planet like what are you curious about what gives you energy what do you think about what are you pulled towards and then just start in that area like I wanted to be a teacher at one point I repeated your, your high school to become a teacher so I went and became a teacher aide just to sort of try it out and test it out I then learned about uh, rich dad poured out in that repeat year so i dropped out because i didn't realize mm-hmm. trading time for money was not a good thing but mm-hmm. it's like i just went and tried it I'm like let's go test it out let's see if it was it was okay um you can obviously co- coaching and teaching kind of uh quite similar but yeah it's um but yeah please just go try stop just do just do 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 and you'll figure it out
0: mm-hmm absolutely and I was just gonna say like that's almost that access point again of you going into teaching right and it's like now you're teaching a lot of people you know and and you'll be like flipping between the archetype and the teacher archetype and the coach and the mentor archetype um well I remember when I was out for dinner with Kerwin and I said to him I was like what's the key to your success and he said 15 years (laughs) and I was like right and I, I remember having a conversation with him about it because obviously in the last few years he's become a very prominent Um, Figure in the space, and he's incredible at what he does. And it's so easy to look at it and be like, oh, he just got it, you know, he just knew what he wanted to do. And it is really about that trial and error. And I think as entrepreneurs as well, we do it because we're playful, we do it because we're curious, we do it because we're visionaries, we do it because there is no right or wrong. It's how do we desire to express, you know, these desires that we have and to actually make them, you know, become manifest. And I think that's really important. And one thing that I always get people to ask themselves if they're struggling to figure out what actually brings them joy or what makes them feel most alive, is to ask yourself the question, if what I truly wanted wasn't bad or wrong, or no one would be angry at me, what would it be? And what would that look like? What would it feel like? And I just think... Project that like so projecting yourself into that big question really like reveals that big vision where you're like, whoa, okay. So if I'm not going to be judged for this, no one's going to be angry, nothing like that. I actually get to be intimate with my desire for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people struggle to know what they want that's the hardest step is people actually don't know what they want and they don't know how to claim it because there's all of these like layers these shadowy layers of well if I actually claim what I want then my dad's going to be angry or my mom's not going to approve or I'm going to be judged by people because I was judged in high school and so it's all of those layers that actually stop us from getting clear on that and so just allowing yourself and creating the space to just really indulge in that question and in that vision And allow that to be your future point of reference and then follow that and be like, okay, if that feels good, what can I do now? Mm. It's not what do I have to do? It's not what should I do? It's what can I do? And just follow that with so much playfulness and curiosity and just open up to the miracles of of this universe.
1: Mm. It's the statue of David analogy comes to mind when you say that it's the Michelangelo that made the statue of David for guys that don't know it. And someone asked him, How did you make such a beautiful piece of art? And he said it was really easy. David was always in the statue. I just removed everything that wasn't him. And it's, I guess, I guess, well, I took similar from what you just said, is people, there's so because we've gone through life and you picked up expectations from mum, dad, teachers, boyfriends, girlfriends, bullies. Uh, social media of who you need to be to be successful, to be loved, to be good enough, which is all a, an illusion, anyways. Mm-hmm. And just giving yourself the permission to do self exploration, whether that be trying things, doing what brings you joy, and just discovering your most authentic self. And then, yeah, again, it, all of this will just happen naturally. I like, um, I think we said this at the start of the podcast, but uh, the work does more work on you than you do on it. So as you're doing, as you're pursuing things to, not try, find your purpose, but to do things that bring you joy and, and bring you curiosity or you're curious about, you're going to actually find a lot more about you and you're going to be, oh, I thought I really liked this. I thought this was who I was. But actually, if you go back to it, that's what mum said you had to be or who you had to be. It's not actually who you truly authentically are. So again, I guess just to hit home, go try, go do, go experiment, go play, go have fun. and But be conscious at the same time. Obviously, be conscious... What's bringing up for you? Is this enjoyable for you? Is this fulfilling for you? Does it just, meh, doesn't really feel it for you? And just keep trying until you'll find one that really fits for you.
0: Absolutely. And I think you touched on a really interesting point there that, you know, many of us are, are children walking around in adult flesh suits. And it's like the reason that we struggle so much to know what we want and go for what we want, because we haven't emotionally reached that teenage stage of individuation And for those of you listening that might not know, individuation is essentially the the time in our life where we start to individuate ourselves from our parents and our caregivers. So that's where we actually start to develop a healthy sense of self. But so many of us are carrying wounds and trauma from our adolescence that haven't been brought to resolution yet. So we're still living in those unfinished trauma cycles, meaning that we're not able to reach the state of individuation. So we're actually just doing what we feel we need to do or that we should do. Or we're almost in that like, and I, this might trigger some people, but I almost want to say like slave mind consciousness as in just like going through the motions of life, just getting a job, going to day to day, like without questioning everything. Like I always say to people, question the fuck out of everything. Be curious about everything. Why do you celebrate that holiday? Why do you say those things? Why are you in a relationship with that person? Like, And it's not from a place of questioning to put yourself in uncertainty, but it's a case of questioning to really break some bonds that might be keeping you in a paradigm that actually isn't serving your expansion and evolution. And so I think a lot of us as adults are going through this stage of individuation. And that's where we're really Mm. starting to find and develop this healthy sense of self individuated from our parents, but we're doing it when we're fucking 25, 30, 40 years old. And it's such an interesting thing to look at. And it's honestly an epidemic. Like I see it as an epidemic. which is really interesting. and and one one thing that came up in a personal coaching session with me that I want to share because it ties in with this, is there was a part of me that was really holding back and expressing my purpose, especially as it related to like wealth and prosperity, because I was too afraid to outgrow my parents.
1: Mm. oh wow,
0: yeah. And that was like I speak about it so objectively now, but at the time it was this massive breakthrough. And I remember I was just in tears and tears because, I realized that there was a part of me that didn't want to financially outgrow my parents because I was still seeking connection from them. Mm -hmm. Like there was still a part of me that didn't feel that I was like fully seen and loved, but I was like, well, if I stay at their level, then I can still meet them in that place, right? I'm relatable to them. So I almost had this fear of becoming unrelatable to my parents by exceeding them through my career and through wealth. So for those of you listening that might have some money stuff going on, I would dive into that and contemplate on that um, because that was really fascinating for me. And so I realized that I was constantly like, I would get a lot of money come in and I would just get rid of it so that I could keep myself at that level. And so I had to bring a lot of resolution to that.
1: It's you you've got a very energetic approach to things which I really love it balances <laughs> me out a fair bit it's like uh, another the angle I, I thought of as she was talking is we only ever do things because it does serve us at some level so there's a reason why you're not growing your wealth because it keeps you connected with mom and dad that you didn't realize energetically that came up for you yeah so yeah that's um yeah I love question everything I'm a very curious person why 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 there's that funny story I got uh, told when I was younger it's like the um, the the, the mum that's teaching the daughter how to make the, the the turkey or something called the bread loaf and they cut both ends off and put it into the oven. And the daughter's like, Why do you do that? It's like, oh my my grandma told me or my mum told me, go up, why do that? Why do that? Keep going up, like, oh, because it makes it taste better, whatever. And then you get to the source of it. Oh, my oven wasn't big enough. So I just cut off the sides to put it in. And it's like that's the why they started doing it, but they just keep passing. Like, why, why, why did you keep doing that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely question everything. Question yourself, question your thoughts, question your action, question your partner question everything (laughs) i
0: would just laugh if our audiences just go back and start questioning their their spouse on everything like why do this why do that
1: why 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 Um, so
0: (laughs) that's actually a really good segue into relationships i want to speak to you about relationships so going into the deep end when we first met you were in an open relationship and you were openly speaking about being in an open relationship first of all are you still in an open relationship because i know you're now engaged right
1: yeah, we're still uh it's not even back when uh we connected last time. It's still the same structure as that was. Mm-hmm. Uh not I guess it's just a spectrum. There's a there's a bit firstly, I'll recommend a book. It's called The Way of the Ethical Slut. It's a. the name is quite provoking, but it's um there's a spectrum of it. Like there's some people when they picture open, they picture seven different wives, sleep with you want, etc. And then some people are open as you just in our sense, we have experiences with other people collectively, not individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's where we are. And that might evolve. That might change as we evolve and we grow. But so the answer is yes. But just for context, because some people's view of open is a lot different. So yes, the answer is yes. Uh, still very much the same structure. Um, but yeah, now engaged. We got engaged late last year. And yes, that's where we're at at the moment.
0: Mm, amazing. I want to ask you two maybe hard-hitting questions. Fire away. The first one is what's been the most challenging thing for you about that experience? And the second is how do you feel open relationships sit into the evolution of relationships as a collective?
1: I'll tackle the second one first. Um, I, I guess to share my journey of where I went down, is I had a lot of pain around relationships. Hence, it was a void becomes important to me. So I was curious. I actually asked him about it at one of his events. Um, and went down this rabbit hole asking people. I'd stay singled for a long time and I, I was always around beautiful women and I was always good friends with them, but I would just had that that void and that fear and that um, I guess, lack of commitment to me because of the pain that I went through. Went through a limiting beliefs exercise when I was quite young. And the belief I had around relationships was relationships equal pain. And it was from the arguments with my, my, my parents, the the abuse, physical, verbal, mental, emotional, seeing my friends. I've come from a, a sports background and a lot of my friends would just cheat on their girlfriends every single weekend and lie to their face the next day. So like that was, um, it just, those were my reference points for a relationship. So it's like, that was just how I viewed it. And hence why I was single for such a long time. Uh, so I wanted to, I guess, go and do some self-exploration before just jumping into one. Cause I didn't want to, I guess, do that. So I went down the book that I just mentioned I was just doing a lot of podcasts on it. I was doing like Tony's podcast, Cohen's podcast. Just finding every resource that I could have. I, I think the way that led it to me is uh, I haven't gone down this rabbit hole in a long time, but there was just so much evidence and suggestions and other ways of viewing things that go so against the, I guess the uh, the Christian Catholic way of relationships, all the traditional relationships, man and woman together what why picket fence go work retire couple kids and that's the sort of cookie cutter way of doing relationships where if you look into relationships and the stats on people that don't stay together because of lack of fulfillment in the bedroom lack of experiences with other people lack of etc cetera, etc cetera, it's like i was just like why i was why 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 does it have to be like this where's the rule where's the did we evolve this way if you go back for evolution we weren't um what's the word i'm looking for homogenous that's not the word i'm looking for that's um it. That, that's it so we weren't mm-hmm. like that growing up we weren't uh through evolution so it's like why has that and christianity put a lot of that into society and that's the way it's gone through if you look at other cultures some cultures are completely different to this by the way they have many 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 different ones so i think because of the culture i grew up and that's what i saw but then i saw it was painful i'm like well that shit ain't working <laughs> that that's not what i've seen it is that's not what i'm really drawn to so why does it have to be that way? Are there other ways? What are my needs in a relationship? That's obviously a question you want to ask because everyone is individual when it comes to this. So I definitely again recommend the book, The Way of the Ethical Slut, that really just opened my eyes to it. It was it, you've got to have an open mind for that book, by the way. But and this were they were two um, two ladies that were very much swingers, open relationships, multiple partners, and this I can't remember, but it was a long time ago when this was very taboo. It's becoming a bit more mainstream and accepted these days but it was definitely challenging for them back then. So they had like a sort of secret society of people that were like this. So anyways, that was the, I guess, introduction into that world. So I started to explore it, started to ask the right questions, start to talk to people about it. So I found myself talking to people that were in that world. And then it just became like, that's the relationship I would love to experience. Is that right? Is that wrong? Is that right for me long-term? Is it going to be successful long-term? We'll find out in 50 years, but yeah. that's the that's the way I wanted to... I guess experience it and tackle it based on what I saw didn't work, and not that there can't be beautiful homogenous mm-hmm. couples that are killing it, doing really, really well. That's, but that was my experience, and from all the all the perspectives and opinions I was listening to, I was like that you can make it work another way. Why can't you have different structures that fit the individuals' needs as long as both people consent to it and both people are wanting that? So that was a conversation I then led to having with my partner, my now fiance. Before we even got together, I said, "Look, I'm a very trans- I'm an open book. I'm a transparent character." And I said, "Hey, look, we'd been seeing each other for a little bit for a couple of months." And I said, "Look, I want to be open with you because I don't want to give you the wrong impressions." But this is something, and this was when I was in the rabbit hole. I was down, reading the books, talking to the people, listening to the podcasts. I was like, "This is something I want to explore." I'm not saying we have to go to swingers clubs every night and every weekend and do it all the time but it's definitely something i want to explore in my relationship going forward is that something that you're firstly open to and you want to explore with me and she said yes that's actually something i've thought about that's something i'd like to go down um we're both obviously got work to do and that, that will come this will come back to your first question uh so that's how i approached it so i did challenged it why 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 does it have to be that way? why does it have to be that way it hasn't worked for my part. My parents, hasn't worked for my friends and family. It doesn't work for a lot of people. Cheating statistic, people. that And that the cheating statistic was crazy. It was like 40 plus percent. And they're the ones that admit it. There'd be a lot of people that don't admit it. That's a lot better. So what if they cheated because they wanted to just experience someone's energetic form and they weren't able to just because of some bullshit Christianity structure that came in, Mm-hmm. That makes no fucking sense, anyways, when you go back before that. So, those were all my thoughts. And obviously, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like, why is this? This is what it doesn't make sense. Where who made these rules up?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, anyways, that that answers the second question. Any thoughts before I answer the first one?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I just want to share because you touched on so many amazing things. Like, one thing that's like I've really um indulged in like as i've gone through my relationship journey is that one of the most important things for me is that we can be the fullest expression in the relationship and that includes all desires urges cravings impulses everything i desire like it, as in like i desire the relationship to be so safe that we can express that and i think often like if you do have like a sexual fantasy or desire or something like that it doesn't necessarily mean you need to act upon it but I think creating a safe space where it can be communicated and explored with your partner is the most important thing because absolutely that's when I think people lead to cheating is suppression yes right it's suppression and I think so that's one thing that that's really really important and I think relationships in general, I see relationships as probably the most important tool for our our evolution. Mm. And I do think people can get very settled in a relationship very early on because they're actually just trying to fill the void of what they've actually neglected within themselves. And so they're like, right, let's get together. Like, let's get married. Like, this is the one. And it's like, I think we need to have a different approach to relationship, knowing that each relationship is going to offer a different mirror for your own expansion and evolution. And so even like when we go through a breakup, if the breakup's hard, rather than questioning, oh, why did this happen? It shouldn't have happened. It's like, no, it happened exactly as it needed to. And now it's a chance for me to go inwards and to look at, you know, what this has taught me, what the lesson is, what the gift is and all of those things. And I think some people do get so I always want to use the word trapped in a relationship um, without, you know, without the knowing that relationships are transitory to a certain extent. Like I think everyone, obviously I've actually got an episode on this. So if anyone listening wants to dive into it, there's an episode on relationships on my show, but like, I feel that some people are going to be in many different relationships because that's almost what they've decided upon before incarnating into physical form for their expansion. And some people might just be in that one or, you know, to like relationships, which are long-term because that's what they've decided is the best for their evolution. But I think we need to just bring a bit more of a fluid approach to it rather than it has to be like that indoctrinated, you know, religious, organized, structured way. So I'm so with you on that one. I also think the last point I just want to share before you go on is integration is such a key point to actually understanding your desires. Mm -hmm. So there is so much I could say on this, but what I will say is, for example, like you said that you know you grew up in a household where you you saw a lot of pain in your parents' relationships, so naturally as a child, that's what you were modeling as what relationships mean. So that would then become your unconscious definition of of love is relationship equals pain or love equals pain. And it's interesting because I can see how that can in and I'm not saying this is in your case, but you know from a psychological perspective, you can see how people then have a desire to maybe be with the same sex or maybe be in an open relationship or maybe not be in a relationship at all. And they think that that's actually what their intuition is telling them. And they feel that that's what, like what their soul is telling them. And it absolutely might be, but it's also bringing curiosity and awareness to, was there a painful experience in my childhood with my mother or with my father or with their relationship? And that's actually given rise to a desire for me to express my sexuality Mm. or my relationships in this particular way without actually going in and doing that integration work
1: Absolutely. and it's
0: such and like that's why I was like this is such a loaded topic and I might do a whole other podcast on this because I understand it's a very sensitive topic as well but I do think often when you when a child develops some sort of resentment towards either both of their parents or the same-sex parent or sexual parent that can speak a lot into how they express their sexuality in their relationships. And I think the most important thing is there is no right or wrong. It's just really bringing awareness to how integrated am I in this decision. And mm-hmm. I think that really like sets the tone and the intention for moving forward.
1: Absolutely. It's something that come to mind as you're speaking then. We went to... Um, uh, I'm conscious of what... I don't want to use anyone's names. We, me and my partner went to a show... And it was like a burlesque sort of show, sex, uh, sex act show, but it was a very amateur one, like super backyard amateur one. And there were some people that with no judgment, just asking the questions. There was these people that were really, that they had a lot of inner work that was not done and it was showing up as their expression of it. And is that their excuse to say, I'm just expressing myself. This is who I authentically am. Or is this a... Uh, uh what is it um a knee-jerk reaction to the shit that you haven't addressed yet so i think that i mean it's definitely a conversation for people because i do see it because being in this world i've had some people that have come to me like hey look i want to i want to sleep with other women can Mm -hmm. i do that i'm like well what place are you coming from Mm -hmm are you doing it because you've got some shit you haven't worked on and you're it's a projection and it's a it's a cover-up to mask the stuff you're not working on is it fair and equitable does your partner want to sleep with gentlemen are you okay with that as well Mm -hmm. so it's having that absolute transparency which might tie into the first question you to ask but yeah it's it's definitely not uh because i it's it seems glamorous for some people like oh yeah get I get the because you get the best of both worlds you get the certainty the, the connection and you get the variety as well and yes there, that can be an upside of this but there's definitely downsides and there's definitely a way to come from it I, I always ask the question as a coach what's the fuel behind this what's the fuel and the drive behind this is it from an from a wound that isn't being healed and you're actually masking it or mm. is it you are coming? use the word integration is it from a healed place an authentic place where these are genuine curiosities and wants and joys that you want to pursue. So it's definitely a, and this is a personal question for whoever's listening. That's you got to look yourself in the mirror and ask those questions. Like, what's my fuel behind this? Is it, have I got some mummy and daddy issues that I haven't addressed? And I'm just expressing that through this way to validate it without actually healing it. Or is it, you know what? I've done a lot of inner work and this is just things I'm actually curious about exploring. And these are needs that I want to, uh, I guess, experience. So yeah, it's it it's it's a loaded conversation because okay. some people will um like if I t- said what I just said to those people at that show they'll probably kick me out. But it's like well I looked at my partner I'm like holy yes. shit like well she, she yeah. asked me she's like do you think these people have some traumas I'm like oh my god I like so <laughs> <some> anyways <laughs> but yeah yeah without the judgment it was it was for, as a trauma person who works a trauma I was like biting my teeth I'm like oh my god like enjoyed the show got the most out of it but yeah it was an interesting interesting night.
0: Well, it's a really big thing in the spiritual space
1: yes, because a lot of people yes. use
0: spirituality as that cloak to actually hide. It's like the invisible cloak, isn't it, from Harry Potter? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people use spirituality to be like, oh, you're not going to see my wounds because I'm actually just in the tantra space and I'm just exploring. And yes, I was yes, I was yes. at an event where I really felt that, where it was a very, I didn't realize this was the nature of the event, but it was actually, it turned into a very kind of intimate exchange Scenario, there were many different things going on, and I'm very like my nervous system can really like spot inauthenticity from a freaking mile away. And obviously, I'm psychic and a projector as well, so that's kind of my thing. And I could just see through all of the illusions that these people and like the energy felt very leaky to me, it didn't feel authentic, and my nervous system wasn't safe in that.
1: Like a conflict, it doesn't feel real. I was like, This is, I I felt the same thing at this event I'm referring to, but keep going, please
0: maybe it was the same people
1: we <laughs> were at the same show you're, you're there. this was definitely not a tantric workshop absolutely okay. But yeah I know yeah. what you mean it's like is this really an authentical spread expression right now or is this a projection of shit that you haven't addressed yet and you're using it as a cloak as you said to justify this is just who I am this is just my natural expression is it really
0: mm. is it and really Exactly. And that's where I think like emotional intelligence is the most important tool to develop. Because if you're in that situation, like you get to decipher in your body, am I feeling fear or am I feeling shakiness because I'm about to break through like an intimacy thing or an expression thing? Or am I feeling fear and shakiness because actually this isn't aligned with truth? Like there's some sort of leaky energy here. And I think it really does come down to each and every person that goes to these events or does the workshops or whatever it might be just really being so discerning in your own body of what it feels like when it's truth and what it feels like when it's about to be a breakthrough so that you can really discern what's going on in your own body. But I am very conscious of your time because I know you've got another call. So I'd love for you to answer the first question. What's been the most challenging thing about being in an open relationship?
1: To be honest, it probably ties into everything we're talking about because it's going to, when you've got that level of, uh, you mentioned it, briefly about relationships and i absolutely agree and i teach it with my clients the most amount of spiritual fucking growth you'll ever do is in a relationship because they will see more sides to you than anyone else they'll see the stress the overwhelmed the the silly the sick the smelly the stress you'll see more sides than anyone else if you're in a safe relationship where you haven't got your wall up all the time so by that definition you're going to bring out those traumas and, and wounds it gets amplified in this scenario because you've got your partner being intimate with someone right in front of you and that can bring up some stuff so I, I guess communicate the short answer is communication and I guess working through it together so we pre-brief so we pre-frame look well, will see we're very selective with people very like we meet up with people before we before we we, we um, go any further there's a there needs to be an energetic connection. There obviously needs to be a sexual attraction. Then there's we've got, we've got like a a, a resume list. of what yeah. There's a checklist, so <laughs> <Drink there's, it. laughs> um, we're very picky because again we're not like desperate. Oh my god, we need to do this every week because I'm wanting to mask all these things. It's like this is something that we really find joy doing. It's in it's empowering. It's it's just like tasting a different ice cream flavor from the example we're talking about before. It's experiencing other energies. I'm a very energetic person, as you know. So being able to be in the presence and experience other energies is is beautiful for me. So being able to, yeah, it. the answer is communication. That's been the most challenging part. So communicate beforehand. Like we've had things where like something's happened in the bedroom where it actually brought up something from someone else. And then we had to just communicate and ask the question, is it our own stuff or is it a boundary? And that it could be both. It could be a bit of whatever. So uh, communicating beforehand. Obviously, being very filtering and selective of the people that you invite into your relationship, because remember that. And I guess on this, the relationship comes first. It's not the act. It's not the person. It's not anyone's needs here. It's the relationship. Obviously, you both have your needs in the relationship, but the relationship comes first. If you guys, we've had it on the day. We've had a gentleman coming to join, and on the day, Georgia wasn't. She said, "I don't feel comfortable today." Pull the pin. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't give a shit. Sorry, guy. We wasted thirty minutes a day. It's all good. We'll, ta- we'll talk to you later. But it's like, if it if it's not right for the relationship, you treat the relationship that comes first. Mm-hmm. Uh, be very picky. Communicate like no tomorrow. Pre-frame expectations, boundaries, debrief afterwards. Um, and then just continue to do that because it's going to bring up more stuff like jealousy, um, uh, just wounds just come up. So just it's, if, if you're struggling to heal and connect and hold space in your current relationship, I would not be jumping to this. I would be, taking care of uh of of holding down the fort now and taking care of business now and then if you want to explore it because you have that curiosity and most people do if you take away the the christianity um, expectations of what we were talking about before most people do Mm. tell me i I haven't met many men that wouldn't want to experience other women from an energetic and sexual experience is it the right person for everyone no is it does everyone want to No. is it the right fit for everyone's relationship no and you talk to a lot of women, a lot of women want to experience other men, other women, but because there's the judgment, and the judgment's probably the most, I guess, limiting factor in this entire thing. Remove the judgment. Kind of the question you asked about purpose. If there was no guilt, no shame, and you could do whatever you want and have fun and love and whatever, what would you want to do? what relationship would you want to have would you be able to have fun with a someone that you've connected with at a bar or you've gone to the gym and you've really just energetically connected and you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. you just like there's there's not how they look necessarily it's like there's something there Mm -hmm. why can't you explore that from a non-intimate fucking date them and marry them perspective Mm -hmm. just because you're you're curious and joyful about it and so yeah again i can talk a long a lot about this but that's that's my experience we're not perfect we're still figuring it out we're still uh refining it as we go we, we debrief and pre-frame before every single experience that we have but yeah make sure it's coming from the right place it's not you're not using it as a cloak i love that i'm going to steal that you're mm-hmm. debriefing communicating like absolutely no tomorrow you're, you're filtering and being very specific about who you're looking for who you're not looking for and the relationship comes first those would probably be my top tips
0: I love that. There is so much I could speak into about this. So I'm kind of sad that we have to close now, but maybe we could do a part two. I honestly think this is such an interesting topic, especially as it relates to conscious evolution and really moving away from that organized religion and structure and into the conscious evolution and tribal mentality and everything else. So let's definitely tee that up because I'd love to do an episode just purely focused on that. So thank you so much for jumping on today, Lewis, and for sharing all of your wisdom. How can people connect with you?
1: Uh, Lewis Huckstep on most platforms Instagram I'm most active I'm leaning more to uh, leaning more into LinkedIn these days I guess yes. um, just I guess uh, different types of people on there that have different conversations so LinkedIn but mainly Instagram for now but um, yeah Lewis Huckstep I'm on most platforms Um, and yeah connect me say what up I'm an open book I'll answer any question you throw at me and yeah thank you for your time
0: amazing and for anyone listening if you really enjoyed this episode then definitely screenshot it tag myself tag lewis i'll put our handles down below let us know what you thought of it let us know your honest and raw perspective so we know what we can talk about next time and i would just love to hear from you all so thank you again so much lewis thank you